Welcome to another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Marco, with my unseasonably warmly dressed co-host, Jessica. Nice sweater, Jessica. It is cold here. It's cute. Thanks. It's pink. It's pink. It's cute. It's warm. It's, it's July. Yes, it is the beginning of July, and I am in, in Michigan. Jeans. And a wool sweater and socks. So we've survived cold. the 80s and 90s of June to now have what lows are threatening and to be dipping into the 40s tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't forget the monsoon that we had like last week. Oh, yeah. Or the beginning of this week. I don't know what's been. Which nearly killed all our basil. Yes. It tried to drown it. Yes. It's very sad for the And basil. the sage. The sage that was thriving. And we have the giant sage leaves that are just ridiculous. ridiculously <laughs> large. And now... <laughs> That planter was just a swamp. and But the mint is doing great. Yeah. Well, that's not surprising. Mint well, is ridiculous. It's hardy. Okay. Let's move on, though, because as thrilling as herbs are, <laughs> what yeah. are you drinking? I am drinking an old-fashioned. Really? Yeah. Anything I special about your old-fashioned? I made it with feather bone from Journeyman. Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty yummy, but I wasn't in a very sweet mood today, so... Did this you put is, anything to sweeten it up? I mean, I did, but like it's not a overly. Did you do a standard or drink low like carb? a tiki drink that I would normally have? It's it's low carb sweetener. Okay, what yeah. kind of bitters? Orange bitters always. Fun. Yeah. Hey, do you hear that noise in the background? Uh, is it fireworks? Because they've been going off all week, or is it one of our kids out of bed <laughs> again? I'm pretty sure this time it's fireworks. Okay. So, yeah. anyways, what are you? Drinking? It's well, it's Fourth oh. of July weekend. And there's a good chance throughout this episode we're going to be hearing the mics will likely pick it up if they go off fireworks because they've been going off every evening all week long. And we still haven't gotten to Fourth of July as of the recording of this. By the time this post will be past Fourth of July. Past the Fourth. All that aside, what do you have over there? It's very large in a mason jar. It's got flowers. It is a bit large. It's got nature. In my 32-ounce mason jar. Mm Mm-hmm. I have uh, a take on a low-carb mojito, but I did it instead of with mint. I did it with Thai basil, which I've played like last summer. I was playing around with Thai basil, too. So this one is one and a half ounces of lime juice. And I put that with um, a whole big fistful of Thai basil leaves we had growing in our herb garden. Mm -hmm. Muddled that up, put in some ice cubes, put in one ounce of uh, sugar-free Simple syrup, uh, we use the Tarani brand because it ships easily over uh, Amazon, and we don't want to go to the store. Also, we're not sponsored by them. No. I put in four ounces of Bacardi Oakart. That's their spiced rum. Uh, And ice, of course. Shook that up, strained it into a mason jar full of ice, added uh, chilled club soda, or in this case, actually, I just used uh, seltzer water, unflavored seltzer water. To top it off. And then I garnished it with a little sprig of Thai basil, and that's it. And that should hold me for this whole episode, I and hope. probably then some. I don't know about it's that. It's enormous. Well, it's mostly seltzer water. No, it's not. It's half and half. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ice is going to melt, too. Then you should probably drink some of it. Stop picking on me. You're the one that usually needs a refill. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Mmm, that's good. It's got just enough bite. It's sweet. It's sour. It's got that Thai basil bite in it. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> All right. Stop Good. giggling at me. Okay. How was your week? Long. And cold? And I are we getting a into like. A little bit rainy. Are we getting into Hunt um, for October opening sequence? 
Maybe. No. My week was long. I did the work. You did the but things. aside from work, we went on a bike ride this week. We did. Yeah. We've, um, we got out to, you know, as much as I've been wanting to get out to uh, Bike Buchanan on Tuesdays that overlaps with goalie camp for Kid One. Yep. Also, Tuesdays are really hard for me to escape. You, that's your work. late day at work yeah. at the office. But we did make it out to the Pachyderm, Pachyderm Peddlers with Greg, which we, you know, if you go back to episode 20 where we spoke to both. Um, Greg and Liz. Greg organizes Pachyderm Peddlers. Liz organizes Bike Buchanan. We like them both. Uh, it just worked out well that there was nothing going on this Thursday. In addition, it was beautiful weather. It was low 70s, a little bit of a breeze. And Kid One wanted to go with. Yeah, so it was her first time with the Pachyderm Peddlers. Yeah. We've gone out with them before. I've gone out with my dad. Actually, my dad was supposed to join us. He bailed at the last minute. He wanted to go watch Luca with the rest of the grandkids. That's not surprising. No, it's not at all. Uh, but we went. We I even contacted one of your friends. She was in Illinois. That's a legit excuse. <laughs> Luca, not so much since it's on demand. Yeah, but Luca is adorable. It is adorable. But uh, you can watch it anytime. Illinois, that's a long commute to make it to a, to a bike ride. ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we went. It was good. She, uh, we survived. Well, we saw a few down bicyclists, but every single time we went by, we asked, "Do you need help?" But they already had somebody helping them. We also survived uh, a few panic attacks out of Kid One. It's a little bit more stressful than okay, just riding around the neighborhood. You she, also changed her bike on her. Well, she. So we were tuning up all the bikes, and she had this huffy mountain bike with all the shocks and everything and she had just finally gotten too tall for it and thank goodness the thing was hard to shift it was hard to get power out of it because the shocks would take away a lot of the power into it and Mm -hmm. you know as i was raising the seat up and up and up and i'm like looking over hanging from the rack suspended from the ceiling was my old mountain bike from college Mm -hmm. and i'm like holy cow you're almost that high so i pulled that down i dropped the seat all the way down she got on it it was a perfect fit we swapped out the seats because I had a, a thin, almost racing seat on it. Yeah. She had on her uh, mountain bike a big, wide kind of cruiser seat with big springs and it has little flowers inlaid in it. Mm-hmm. So we swapped out the seats and then we we did a few other things. I did find the computer for it, unfortunately, and I got a computer working and then I go to slide it on. The plastic on the holder had shrunk, so that was a pain to get it on and I couldn't get the, the connectors to line up correctly so that it would actually activate. So that was a bummer, but we put in some lights on the spokes. We put some water bottle bottle holders on there for her, and she was good to go, and she practiced going around the neighborhood shifting. She could do it. We went on the ride, though, and they have a lead and a trailer. The trail person is probably not used to 11-year-olds out on the ride, so a little bit gruff, but, you know, he was trying to help, and he was, you know, plus we were there, too. Uh, later found out as we were riding this ride that, you and I know the area, local area better than he does. He's like, whatever that next street is, turn left. We're like, well, we we know the name of it. We, like, but anyway, uh, she freaked out because also now there's more traffic to deal with. And you got her, your dad or your mom, depending on what point of the ride we were in, behind you telling you to shift and remembering which way to shift and feeling self-conscious because you're falling behind and you're by far the youngest person on the ride that night. I thought she did fine. She made it the whole way. We did a little over 10 miles. Um, I thought she did great. Um, plus, she was wearing... She didn't quit. That was the biggest point. And she was on a mountain bike with big knobby tires, which mm-hmm. are not the fastest things. And 
there, we needed work on the shifting and knowing when to shift and what which direction changes it which way. And especially when you get pan- it's a little panicky. confusing with having well, the at one point on both handles. She was shifting at one point and the chain like I'm like shift 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 and she's like I am it's not doing anything. I look down and it's like oh the chain head on the <laughs> over by the pedals had gone all the way off all the gears. Mm-hmm. So I'm like okay not a big deal. So then she start, I'm, like, I'm like just pull over. Well she starts leaning out into the traffic on one of the busiest roads we rode on. And it's like no. <laughs> Ooh that was loud. No. So I'm like, look, kid, if you're going to lean, lean into the grass. Yep. Don't lean into the pavement. And she was all panicking. I'm like, it's not a big deal. I went, popped her chain back on. We finished the ride. Yeah, but the second half of that ride was a little rough because it was into the wind. And it was so windy at that point. The temperature was it dropping was quickly, too. very hard <laughs> to pick up any speed. And then I number one was not the fastest. Was... So you'd get your speed going, and then you'd have to drop back because she's... Trailing behind. I mean, it was enough where it was making me right. wiggle it, on my bike. And I had a, she's I had a hard time with it, and I am I'm just very proud that she finished. I because am too. honestly, if I were her, I probably would have quit at the windy part because that was hard. Um, not the uh, not the route that had we known, we probably would have put thrown her out on that night. But that said, it's still Pector and Peddlers do a great job, well organized, well mm-hmm. executed. And it was fun. And we had a blast and she had fun. We'll work on it with her some more and hopefully get out there a few more times this summer. In addition to that, we finished up. We went back to the brewery where it starts and finished. There was a taco truck. Um, not going to call it the taco truck because, one, we can't recommend it. The food was delicious. The food was phenomenal. After the 45-minute wait to get the tacos. I would love to eat some more of the tacos, but I can't wait 45 and minutes for tacos. The multiple trips to make sure they finally executed the order all the yeah, way. Yeah, so no. Yeah. It was delicious. It was. And besides, bicycling and tacos and beer and wine, can't complain about that. Nope. Yeah. The beer was good. Good. How was your wine? It's, I mean. Post-bike ride wine is always great, right? It's How was your butt? How my about that? My butt hurts. Really? This was my first ride of the entire, I have not ridden my bike since last fall. Ouch. Yeah. How lot. are your thighs? My thighs are fine. My butt hurts. No. Oh. Kid one was complaining not about her butt, but about her arms, um, her arms mainly because she had a stretch and because she was so stressed out. I kept telling her, you got to bend your elbows. Well, she had her elbows locked, which yep. was, of course, was stressing out her forearms and her biceps. My hands are a little they're a little tight. They want to like clench because I was clenching my handlebars, especially when we were riding into the wind. But uh, it's not a big deal. I'm more upset that my it was butt a- is so sore. <laughs> Big week of doing adult things for kid number one. She did the bike ride, which is really open to all ages. If you can go, we went on, they had multiple routes and we went on the slow roll and she hung in there for the most part. I mean, we did finish it, but we were definitely in the back of the pack. In addition to that, she went and played beginner adult development hockey, bad hockey. She was the goalie for that. And then as she came off the ice to get changed, and I, I got to go out there and shoot against her and play against her again this week, and that was fun. But then I go back to my locker room, I throw on my game jersey for my team, and I'm looking around like, where's my goalie? And my goalie usually shows up the last minute. He's notorious for we're walking out onto the ice to go do warm-ups, he's walking in the rink, and somehow he's in net ready to go for the start of the game, and we only have a three-minute warm-up. I've never seen a goalie <laughs> dress that fast, and this dude has been doing it for years. He has a system. We're skating around for warm-ups, and he's not there. So I go running off the ice. I bang on the door to the girl's locker room. One of the women pops her uh, head out. And I'm like, 
tell kid one, mm-hmm. get your pads back on. My goalie's not here. And I hear like from the background, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> so she gets her stuff on. She came out. She started the game. I have like, some of these um, older gentlemen on my team this year. It's a draft league. They are what we call chronologically gifted. Very gifted. Indeed. So they're like, seriously, you're putting you're putting your kid out here or what? I'm like, she's done this before. I'm like, go and then just kind of like last season when she did it. No, no, go get that goalie that just played bad hockey. Like my kid was the one that played bad hockey, and the one on the other end, unlike the first time she did it, the other one was the blue shooter tutor, which is like the plastic piece you put in front of the net. <laughs> this time the other goalie that was playing against her in bad was the goalie we were playing against in the game. So there was no other options. She hopped in. She played five minutes. She gave up two goals. But um, the two she gave up were, you know, it wasn't lazy goals. One came um, just grazed over her shoulder on the blocker side. That's really hard for a goalie to to block that one, especially one that's vertically challenged like our kid. And then the other one was just a hot mess in traffic, and she didn't stand a chance of seeing what was going on. A hot mess in traffic. It was. I don't know what that means, but it's oh, funny. Shout out to Dave for scoring on my kid, uh, but he scored the second one. <laughs> now, to be fair, she gave up two. My main goalie came out, and he's played the rest of the game. He gave up five. Okay. Okay, so she we didn't lose because of her. Nope. Not saying we lost because of my main goalie either. If we had scored more than the other team, we would have won. Deep thoughts from wow. me. Thanks for explaining math. Yes, and sports. <laughs> and sports. Sports game. Sports ball, yay! Speaking of sports ball, <laughs> okay, yes, <laughs> you put up a really fun picture on the Red Arrow Instagram account of a team that played sports ball together. <laughs> There's no, there was sports. There was no ball. It was yes. There might have been a ball. This was a really long time ago. I, uh, they could have used. A yeah, ball it was the 1926. Time. So I See, put up. There could have been a ball. Uh, my great grandfather's hockey team, one of his hockey teams from. Um, he played for the Atlantic Mine Rangers in the UP of Michigan. Is this a gas mask on their jerseys? No, it's an A with wings. Zoom in on it. It looks like a gas mask. It's not a gas mask. It's an A with wings. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Look, that's the best they could come up with in 1926. At an engineering school? That wasn't an engineering school. That was just the dudes in the town with the mine. Maybe they should have gone to the Up there in that part of the UP, school. about every five miles, okay. there's another mine, and that mine had a town. So there's like Dodgeville and Atlantic Mine and Hancock and you, you name it, all through that whole section. Is this for the Atlantic Mine then? Yes. Okay, then. Atlantic Mine, Michigan. Near Houghton. Anyway. I don't like their logo. So he was the goalie. And, you know, if you go to our Instagram account, Red Arrow HW, uh, you can see this black and white photo of his hockey team. He, my, my great grandfather, is the one laying in front with the goalie stick. He's the goalie. Those are his pads. Actually, for the Instagram story, which was only up for 24 hours, I'll probably put the photo up down the road eventually. There's a solo photo of him I have as well in black and white, or it's kind of got that sepia tone to it. Sepia. With all his pads. And it's not like, oh, did he forget his chest pad? Did he forget his goalie mask? There weren't any goalie masks in 1926. So, How many teeth did he have? He had all his teeth. Impressive. Yes. Did he actually ride the bench? No, he was the goalie. Not the backup goalie. <laughs> not the bug, the backup goalie. The bug. Yeah. That's fun. So it's fun to think about. And then on my personal account, I took... Our, our Red Arrow post, I, I added a picture of kid number one, and I'm like, well, maybe it's 
the whole goalie gene. Maybe it's genetic. And maybe it skips a generation or three. Maybe. Given that my grandmother didn't play, my mother didn't play, I definitely didn't play goalie. But kid one loves it. Actually, kid three keeps dabbling in it. And I'm he like, does. no, one goalie in the family's enough. It's enough. It's stressful. Pads. It's expensive. Well, that too. And then he's like, am I old enough to wear kid one's old pads? I'm like, dude, you play in uh, goalie pads are in different measurements, but his are 20 plus ones. And her original pads are 28 plus ones. So you got about eight more inches to grow before you can... Uh, fit into your sister's original pads. Maybe by then he'll figure out that it's fun to skate out. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Funny, though, uh, about this whole genetic thing, though, because that fits into what we want to talk about tonight. Yeah, it does. And we came up with the idea around the time I was also putting up that post, and it's like, let's talk about genes and genetics and performance and all that. So let's, uh, let's do that. Let's play a little segue music and we'll get into this and we'll also explain a little bit better why this fits with everything we're doing. Yeah, let's do that DNA. Jessica, you ready? No. We're going to do this anyway. <laughs> okay. So when we started this whole uh, wellness adventure, this uh, weight loss journey with all its ups and downs, we actually went to the doctor, and especially I went to the doctor because I was in really bad shape and got evaluated before undertaking something big. Did all the lab work, all got a physical done and everything to see where I was at, and... Um, just speeding up the story bad mm-hmm. like they wanted to put me on medicine for uh, cholesterol i was pre-diabetic possibly leading into diabetic they were flirting with like well if you can't get that under control we'll put you on medication for that too hugely overweight uh but i got you know those things checked i wanted my thyroid checked and everything and then along the way we're like hey let's get our let's do our genetic testing too because why not we're getting everything else tested but it'd be interesting to kind of see what we're predisposed for. Yep. Now, uh, you know, kind of hitting one of our major points of this, too, is uh, your genetic makeup isn't the end-all, be-all. It's not set in stone who you're going to be and what you're going to be. It does lay out the blueprint. It does mean you may or may not have a bigger challenge than other people. But it doesn't mean anything's impossible. Now, obviously, if that genetic blueprint says you're going to be, you know, under best conditions, going to max out at 5'5", five, five. doesn't mean like, no, you'll never make the NBA. You could. you got a bigger challenge to get there and perform, but it doesn't mean, you know, all is lost, tough, give up. It just means you got to work harder than the one who, who are going to be genetically predisposed to be 7'8". Right? Right. So... Uh, we did our genetic testing, and so for this episode, um, we're going to kind of go through that and hit our, our philosophy on on genes, genetics, traits. While it's helpful to understand it, you shouldn't also take it as, it's a done deal, give up, it's pointless, 
You know, my genes say I'm more likely to be overweight, so I why even bother? No, you can still work. You can still work to be healthy. No matter what that scale says, you can still lead a productive life. You don't just don't just give up and sit on the couch and eat potato chips. Get out there, move your body. Yeah. Um, but it's good to know. And, you know, it's also good to look for the health screening because maybe you are predisposed for certain risk factors, which would influence your behavior down the line. Yep. Also, some of these things in here are just plain fascinating. Like the ones where it tells you you're more likely to have these traits over this type of trait. For example, earlobe type. My my genetic workup tells me that I... There's green. Green? Earlobe type is green? No. No. Actually, yes, I'm in the green range, but it says 70... Wait, that's actually a thing? It's color-coded. Oh. It says 76 chance... 76% chance you have detached earlobes and only a 24% chance that you have attached earlobes. Well, suck it, DNA report. My earlobes are attached. Well, let's run through this a little bit. So okay. this is fun. Uh, it, I mean, it's fun to do. It's it's actually really interesting, one, to know what you're predetermined for, what you're higher risk for, what genes you're carrying, mm-hmm. what risk factor factors you have, but also, like, say... If you're adopted, you might not know some of the hereditary uh, traits you have and that you're carrying that are good to find out. And even if you do know your your biological parents, it's still fascinating to find out. Yeah. So through this, um, let's let's start out with the ancestry part. Okay. Less less important in terms of health and wellness, in terms of fitness. Well, I mean, yes, there's there's certain uh, genetic markers that go with it in terms of uh, disorders and traits right. and things. But in terms of geography, who really cares other than it's it's kind of fascinating, fascinating. in kind of a nerdy way. So what do you have? Okay. Um, I am 99.4% European. And the breakdown for that is 98.5% Northwestern European mainly British and Irish, and then French and German. And then, apparently, I'm 0.9% Sardinian. Really? Yeah, I think that one is actually new. I would say, welcome to being, yeah, they keep changing. Almost Italian? They keep changing, yeah, almost Italian, but if you ask any Sardinian, they are not Italian, they are Sardinian. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting, they keep updating their formulas. Because I I don't remember seeing that. At one point, I was a little bit Irish, and now I'm zero Irish again. No. Um, and then there is the trace ancestry, which is actually really, I'm curious about. It's 0.5% um, altogether, and it's it breaks down to 0.3% Nigerian and 0.2% African hunter-gatherer. And I've got questions about this. Um, I mean, this is going to come off wrong, but I just say that because in terms of complexion, you're like probably the second whitest person I know. Who's the first? My You're <laughs> you I swear, that yeah. Out. <laughs> well, I'll just bleep out her name, um, but she'll know it because she gets a sun. You know, she'll get like third degree burns from the moon. <laughs> she is so pale. She's we love very her. Fair. Yeah, she is very fair skin. Mm-hmm. Skin pigment aside, mm-hmm. it's fascinating. It is. What What do you look like over there? <laughs> what do I look like? What oh, countries are blue? According, all right. According to this, I am ninety nine point eight percent European descent. Okay. 83.2% uh, Northwestern European, uh, and that is coming out of the French and German area, uh, primarily. Uh, it's 
likely for France and possible for German, which this all kind of makes sense given that our um, genealogy tracing back things is northern Italian for the most part, up around northern Italy, Switzerland, France, Germany, up in the Alps, but then also on my maternal grandfather's side, um, more French in that piece of it, and then that part of the family also had uh, early immigrants through uh, French Canada and moving in on through uh, North America that way. Uh, for my, especially on my dad's side, though, we come from northern Italy, uh, especially in uh, outside of Venice, really actually from a small area outside of Verona. And if you've read R- Romeo and Juliet, you know where you've heard of Verona. You might not know where it is on a map. And sure enough, that's what's lighting up. So when I get to the uh, southern Italian, or sorry, the southern European piece, which actually shows up as 16.5%, Italian, you know, even though with a name like Marco Tomasi, uh, I come up only as 14.7% Italian, and most of the boot of Italy is pretty light. There's some in the toe that lights up, but then like up around Venice and Milan and Genoa, that whole northern piece is basically the cuff of the boot is lighting up and then just a small highlight down by the toe. And that part by Venice, that whole province is really lighting up. And sure enough, we can go back generations and that's where they were from. Cool. Moving on down, there's a little bit of, there's 1% Spanish and Portuguese. There's 0.8% broadly Southern European. And then down for the tra- trace ancestry, uh, I've got 0.2% indigenous American, which uh, through my my aunt did the research on that. And there is a little bit that comes back from those French explorers mm-hmm. going into North America. And then I've got recent ancestry in the Americas and it popped up of uh, Brazil. And I'm like, what is this? This has got to be some error in their algorithm. I was talking to my mom about it and she's like, no, we had some uh, some members of the Italian family who like went down to Brazil, hung out for a while, and came back to Italy pre-immigration to the United States. So like, okay. They wanted to go to Carnival? Apparently. Because when you look at Brazil, that's the part of down by Rio is where they're hanging out. <laughs> so the ancestry thing. It's, it's it, fun. It's fun. It's interesting. Yeah. Mine was not a surprise, though, except for that Trace Ancestry. Um my the, the sub-Saharan African part. My dad's mom. Yeah, that was fun to me because when I used to do research into like uh, Nigeria and Mali and Mauritania, and you're like, those are made-up places, especially Mali. Okay, that's a Chad. joke. I know that they're real places. <laughs> I know, but all of a sudden, I know you're so testy tonight. It's been a long week, but all of a sudden, that's the part of Africa <laughs> that lights up. Was what cracked me up. The part that you were teasing about before, like, these are made up places. I know you know. I know you're smart. But um, of all the places in the world, it's the one that you were, like, going, Chad's not a place. It's a dude. Molly's not a place. It's a lady. Well, it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even spelled right for Molly. It's not the point. Anyway. No, but the the main stuff I'm not surprised by because my dad's mom had our family tree done throughout several generations and British and Irish are big featured countries in that gigantic volume. So no surprise there. Also, we're very pale people. You are pale people. And apparently we like to drink. 
what was a, a surprising though was that for a long time your mom and even you had been telling me like oh i'm like what well, you were like one eighth native american right, so that one eighth cherokee was yeah it, i don't know um yeah that was the big thing my mom insisted i'm a quarter indian so you or i'm a quarter native american so that makes you an eighth and it's very special and not everybody has that and blah 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 and i was like okay and then you said we're gonna get this done and i was like yes I am finally going to have proof that I'm Native American because, again, super pale over here with blue eyes. Nice cheekbones, though. Mm-hmm, they're nice. And um, and I so end up having more than get, you. Yeah, we get them back, and I'm like, okay, the Native American part, where is it? Oh, it's completely non-existent for me. You were 0.0%. I'm 0.2%, which is still essentially nothing. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, so... Like I said, I have questions. Yes. But moving on from this. Moving on. Moving on. All right. So that's it. That's interesting. It's entertaining. That's the it. That's the end of the podcast. No, it's not. Fine. Along with all this nerdy hereditary stuff, there's the haplogroups, and they kind of they show you um, through your family tree who you might share a common ancestor with. Uh, in my case, on my father's line, uh, I share a common ancestor with King louis the 16th of the house of bourbon and as nerdy as that sound at least it hey it's the house of bourbon so that's kind of fun from given the amount of uh, whiskey we drink on these episodes we had a common ancestor ten thousand years ago so you know we're like close what <laughs> yeah we're not oh no our family's a bush your it's family's a, a bush tree. no on my mom's side, um, I can't even find this on my app. I'll, I'll show you in a minute. Okay. <laughs> on my mom's side, I share a common ancestor with King Richard the Third. From you will remember from all those nerdy uh, history shows I watch with you, like oh, I found it. the White Queen, the White Princess, the Spanish Princess, yeah. all those. Yeah. So thirteen thousand years ago, Richard the Third and I shared an ancestor. Congrats. So that puts me like remotely in line for the no crown. Not really. No. But it's fun to joke about. Yes. Yes. What do you have? Um, I don't. Did have... you find it? Yes, I did find it. I okay. don't have a paternal haplogroup, and a maternal haplogroup, and they're from Africa. I have questions. <laughs> um. What Native American tribe from Africa was it? Nope. Nope. <laughs> um, okay, so haplogroup L3 looks like it from 65,000 years ago. A woman who lived in eastern Africa, but some of them ventured across the Red Sea, likely across the narrow Bob Moses? El Mandeb, Mandeb into the tip of the Arabian Peninsula. Oh, in Yemen. It's not a real. Yes, it is. Nope, it's it's right by friends. Oman. It's not real. Okay, so apparently I'm from Africa. And <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> I don't have anybody like famous and there are no actual people listed in here. It's just talking about countries and And set down further. No, I swear oh. to God, there's nothing in here. So like I've got royalty on both sides. Granted, like <laughs> over ten thousand years and thirteen thousand years removed. Uh, okay. Well, I don't. <laughs> But apparently, I don't know. Apparently, I'm just from Africa, and it's it's fine <laughs> with no known people. 
Okay, and Toto. Walked across the desert with Moses or something. I don't know. Something. <laughs> should we move on to yes, some of the house stuff that's more relevant? Really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> something about the Ice Age. Okay, we're getting into. Let's get into health and traits. Yes, let's do that. So let's hit on some of the ones that were uh, they did. And by the way, I don't think we mentioned it. we did our testing through Twenty Three and Me. We are not sponsored by Twenty Three and Me. It just happened to be what we we're doing. If you're going to do the 23andMe, sit back and wait for it to go on sale because you can get it uh, pretty cheaply, uh, especially around around Black Friday and various other times of the year. So look for those. So running through the health predisposition, we're not going to hit every single thing they test for because some of these we can't even pronounce. But like Mm -hmm. late onset Alzheimer's disease kind of would be nice to know if I'm, you know, at risk for that. Now, that isn't the end-all be-all of Alzheimer's. I mean, there's early onset. Um, there's other factors, but based on the variants they're testing for uh, was not detected in my uh, genetic background. Parkinson's disease at the variants they were looking for, not detected. You have anything that is detected. <laughs> uh, I was going to go through the ones I didn't. Like celiac, not detected. But anyway, age-related macular degeneration. I'm actually at a slight increased risk for that. So that's worth mentioning to my eye doctor when I go in to get checked. Like, hey, keep checking for this. Doesn't mean I'm definitely going to get it, but I'm at a slightly higher risk for it. It could happen. Could happen. Yeah. Type 2 diabetes. I have the the typical likelihood, just same as, you know, everybody else out there. Mm-hmm. What about, I mean, there's other ones here. Chronic kidney disease, the variants they were testing for, not detected in my genes. Um, I only have one that was detected, and it's hereditary hemochromatosis, HFE-related. And, and that is what? <laughs> it says that hereditary hemochromatosis is a genetic condition characterized by absorption of too much dietary iron. This may lead to iron overload, which can cause damage to the joints and certain organs, such as the liver, skin, heart, and pancreas. Yeah, so it doesn't really tell me much about it other than, like, they found this, and I should probably mention it to my doctor. Groovy. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if it is something that you're at higher risk for, that's something you want to discuss with your doctor, along with some of these other things listed on here. One of the more interesting ones on here are the BRCA1 and the BRCA2 variants, and those, as you may know, is are both for breast cancer. Um, I do for not women, have... women and ovarian cancer as well. Yep. Um, I do not have... There's three markers that they look at, and I do not have any of those three variants, so that's good for me. Uh, but it doesn't mean that I won't get either of those cancers. It just means that I don't have those three genetic variants. Yes. So uh, Also linked to prostate cancer. I forgot about that too. But uh, I also don't have the variants that they tested for. It does not mean I can't end up with breast cancer or prostate cancer. But at least in terms of what they were testing for and screening for, the variants not found. Right. It's good to know. It doesn't mean I can't yeah, but drop says, my guard. It says in there there's over a thousand variants <laughs> yeah. in these genes that are known to Great. increase well, we the cancer cr- risk. We so can cross off we've two. We've got three that we don't have. Or three. Yay! Sorry, we can cross off three. Great. That's wonderful. All right, let's move on from this. Let's go to uh, carrier status. Okay. All right, so there's lots of things this in here. This one is super fun if you're like going to have a kid. We're not. We're not going to run through all of these. But uh, some of them, like caravan disease, and I, like, when we first saw this, it's like, does this mean I'm predisposed to, like, I'm going to buy a Dodge caravan and so are my kids? Guess what? 
It's not detected, and that's not what it means. <laughs> Caravan disease is a rare genetic disorder characterized by a loss of nerve cell function in the brain that worsens over time. A person must have two variants in the ASPA gene in order to have this condition. Sweet, I've got none. Me too. Other interesting ones here that I can actually pronounce. Go ahead. Fanconi anemia, the group C. And the reason why that stands out to me is uh, Jimbo Fisher's son, and he started a foundation for this. His son has that uh, condition. And Jimbo was the coach at Florida State. Uh, that variant not detected. Uh, familial Mediterranean fever is a genetic disorder characterized by reoccurring short episodes of fever as well as inflammation in the abdomen, chest, and joints. Uh, zero variants de- detected. Cystic fibrosis is on here. I have zero variants for that. That's very good news. Hereditary fructose intolerance. Good to know since fructose seems to end up in everything these days. Not detected, though. There are a lot of things in Here's here. Like one. A lot of them I've never even heard of. This one I never heard of. And when I first read it, I thought it, this must be a Canadian disorder. It's not, but... Maple syrup urine disease type 1B. Oh, no. You... Tells me there's more than one of these. Yeah, it's a thing. I Clearly, it's a thing. Well, if you had studied biology in college, you would have heard about it by now. No, I just did it a lot in high school. You should have heard of it. But it is a genetic disorder where your urine has a sweet odor, mm-hmm. almost like maple syrup. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's funny to think, well, that must be all Canadians. But no... Uh, <laughs> No, uh, no uh, variant detected. Same. It's exciting. Sickle cell anemia. Nope. Nope. Usher syndrome type 1F. Does it make you go, yeah? Yeah. And then you got to do the echo effect with it. No. Uh, no, the Usher syndrome, maybe it's just got a genuflect all the time. Usher uh, 1F is a rare genetic disorder. It is characterized by deafness at birth, poor balance, vision loss, and worsens over time. Uh, zero variants detected in um, my sample. Zellweger syndrome spectrum. Does it make you squinty? That is exactly what I was going to say. Or no, but no. A, you're genetically predisposed to do a bunch of Bridget Jones movies. Maybe. Um, it says it's a, it's a group of rare genetic disorders, and it's characterized by impaired hearing, vision, and organ function, as well as developmental disability and early death. Well, that's not Yay. great. That's nice and uplifting. It's not anywhere near as fun as for a holiday weekend. Renee Zellweger faces. Anyways, I don't have that either. So yeah. So these are good to know, especially if you're planning on having kids. If you're not planning on having kids, then it you know doesn't really matter that you're carrying it. Let's move on to uh, the fun one. Traits. Yes. Let's do traits, and then we'll do wellness after that. Okay. Traits. So these this is what so it, much fun. What it thinks based on our genes how it will turn out. Yep. Which is may or may not be the case. Yep. See the comment about my earlobes at the yeah. beginning of this episode. Well. Okay. Ability to match musical pitch. What does your say? Less likely to be able to match musical pitch. Me too. Except for I'm but actually pretty good case, at it. Yeah. You're pretty good at it. I'm not terrible at it. So that's wrong. Okay. Asparagus odor detection. Mine says I likely can smell, and guess what? Yes, I can smell. It's, when... it's the smell in your pee, not just asparagus. Like No, can... it's when you eat asparagus and then for dinner, and the next morning you go take a leak, and it's like, <laughs> oh, we had asparagus last night. <laughs> yeah, mine is likely can smell, and I can smell it. Yay, me. Yay. And there was also, Austin Powers did a joke on that, too, where he was sitting there, and he's trying to 
replicate the fountain by urinating, and all of a sudden he starts chewing on asparagus, and the security guard starts sniffing the air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gross. Um, anyway, bitter taste. I can taste it. Likely I can taste it based on the report, and yes, I can taste better. Bunions. What's your say? Less likely than average to have had a bunion. I do not have bunions that I know about. I also am less likely than average to have a bunion. As far as I know, I haven't had any bunions. Okay. Cilantro taste aversion. I have a slightly higher odds of disliking cilantro. Even though those odds are higher, I actually like cilantro. Like, my tacos aren't complete without cilantro, which is why we have it up in the herb garden. Right. Okay. I have slightly higher odds of disliking cilantro, and I do not care for cilantro. So in my case, it is accurate. I think it tastes like soap. (laughs) And our kids are kind of split on it, too. Mm -hmm. Fear of heights. I am less likely than average to be afraid of heights. Based on my uh, genetic testing, I am less likely than average to be afraid of heights. Now, the interesting there was I was terrified growing up of heights, (laughs) like petrified. And it wasn't until uh, moving into adulthood that I, for the most part, was able to get over that. But even then, still, there's circumstances sometimes where I get a little shaky. Uh, Interestingly enough, I got over it by scuba diving. I was down in Honduras, and over there, it, it drops off like a wall. It's perfectly clear. It's about 20 feet deep, and then it drops off to about 200, like a cliff. And it's so clear, you feel like you're flying. And that's really got to the point where I went from being just frozen and unable to function to like now i can function on heights and climb ladders and but even then when we went zip lining it was a little little quakey going up on the uh the tower that was shaking in the wind going do i really want to do this and especially when i wasn't clipped into anything and they're like okay you got to stand on this box the railing <laughs> comes up to bite your ankles and then you're gonna clip in it's like one big gust and i'm gone yeah so supposedly I'm not I'm supposed to be less <laughs> likely than average to be afraid of heights. So I guess a lot of people are afraid of heights. I don't know. I'm less likely than, than average to be afraid of heights too, and they don't really bother me a whole lot. Fear of public speaking. I am less likely to have a fear of public speaking according to my DNA. Um I don't love public speaking, but I can do it. And I can get up and talk about pretty much anything at this point in front of a big group of people. I, this is less likely that, to have a fear of public speaking. Um, that's uh, and I've done I've done speaking in public. I've done it in big crowds, little crowds, standing room only crowds. We had a crowd when you were pregnant with kid one where people were elbowing you to get into the room. It was so packed. That yep. was actually when I started drawing the line and saying that was one of the last conferences I was going to present at the way they treated my pregnant wife. Okay, but. <laughs> I, I know, uh, but it was that was just kind of like this is nuts. Um, anyway, no, actually, I I I just learned how to cope with it and deal with it. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm any less stressed, and you know I get really stressed out by it, and um, I have anxiety. But I've figured out how to cope and deal with it, and everyone just thinks, oh, he's a natural. And it's like, no, no, there's like it's I'm a, a lot of years of acclimating yes. to it. There's a lot of like go back to the hotel room and just go. <sighs> yeah. And like we would finish conferences where personality had to be turned on for the entire weekend or five day stretch. And then we go home and it's like, I just got to decompress. You don't talk to me. I won't talk to you. Yeah. But the we'll thing is, be you near each other. You get me and you know that I'm 
Seamsies. It's not you. It's not me. Flat feet. I have uh, less likely than average to have flat feet, which is wrong because I've actually, starting like in kindergarten, had to wear orthotics and art, like actually go to a foot doctor, get casts on my feet to build up um, arch supports. So I have very flat feet. Um, mine says more likely than average to have flat feet. I do not have flat feet at all. Well, good for you. You know how weird it felt to be like in elementary school? And actually, by the time I got to fifth grade, I had, you know, obviously I had my pediatrician and my dentist. But then I got glasses in fifth grade, so now I had to go to an eye doctor. Uh, I was still following up with an ear doctor because I had so many ear infections as a kid. It was messing with my hearing. I had a foot doctor <laughs> for orthotics. And I had, and it had moved into... Uh, before braces, instead of getting teeth pulled, I had orthodontia, like a, they call them appliances, but they're basically like retainers moving my teeth around. I'm like, I'm like, what the hell's wrong with me? I got so many doctors. I picked a winner to have kids with. Yeah, didn't you? <laughs> I don't have most of that happening, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'll even out or something. I don't know. Maybe. Um, hair thickness. Mine says that I am less likely to have thick hair, and that is incorrect. Mine says I'm also less likely to have thick hair, and boy, that seems like it's thinning by the day. <laughs> but before, it was thick. It was pretty thick and curly. Yep. Okay. <laughs> See, some of these are like really hilarious. Ice cream flavor preference. Mine said that I'm more likely to prefer chocolate over vanilla ice cream, and that is absolutely 100% correct. That's hilarious. Mine says about 50-50 chance for preferring vanilla or chocolate ice cream, and that's Kind of fits more like my mood because sometimes I want vanilla. And when I want vanilla, I want like French vanilla. I want vanilla. And sometimes I want chocolate and like I want like triple chocolate or with fudge ripple through it or something. Vanilla is never the answer. Sometimes it is. Nope. It's if not. you're having apple pie or something, you want nope. vanilla ice cream with it. French vanilla. Moving on. Misophonia. Mesophiliomia? No. Misophonia. Oh, okay. I was thinking of all those commercials this on TV. This is the thing where people don't like the sound of people chewing. And mine, <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, what it is. I'm getting tired of one of our kids who keeps chewing with his mouth open. Okay, I am sick of that. But the whole family is. My Mine says that I have average odds, uh, average odds of hating chewing sounds. And actually, I really like the chewing sounds. They have those weird, funky ASMR uh, videos weird. on Instagram and it's just people like eating junk food with microphones on their mouths and it's <laughs> and I think it is fascinating one the sounds that it makes because it's it's different. I am so incredibly disgusted right <laughs> I don't now care. and then two the fact that these people will actually sit there and eat all of this and make a goddamn fortune off of it by posting videos of themselves doing it on Instagram and on YouTube. And that there are weird people like me out there that will sit and watch it Have for whatever the ever reason. Have heard of OnlyFans? There's people out there that would do anything for money. So, misophonia for you. Okay. I was thinking of mesophilia no, or whatever that, that was. that is a lung thing. Look, there's a, Stop I, it. It's a big uh, rum drink over here. And it's late and there's fireworks going off. <laughs> Mosquito bite frequency. Wait this a minute. Is, what? Answer the chewing sounds question. Oh, I had average odds of hating it. And I, <laughs> I if I had, to, I guess I would say above average. <laughs> okay. Mosquito bite frequency. Yes, this, this is, is great good. for summer. Great for Michigan. Mm-hmm. I am less, uh, sorry, I am likely bitten often as others. 
Great. Okay, so average for you? I'm average. Okay, mine says that I am likely bitten more often than others, and that is true because who goddamn always find me and eat me? Great, I'll sit next to you. No, don't. It's not fair. Yeah. My dad told me when I was little that it was because I had sweet blood. Aw. Yep. Really, it's probably genes that probably came from him. Probably. Um, okay, motion sickness. This is also fun because this is a thing. This is something I I never like unlike the fear of heights, the public speaking thing where it's something I had to overcome and I've worked hard on. Yeah. Um, I've really never had a problem with this and my testing shows less likely to experience motion sickness. That's pretty much true. That's cool. Mine says that I am about a 50-50 chance of experiencing motion sickness. And? and this is interesting because before kids, like I never had motion sickness ever. And then I got pregnant with kid number one. And one of the very first symptoms that I had when I became pregnant with her was that I was suddenly motion sickness. I had motion sickness all the time in the car. On- yeah, but that's why you're pregnant. Right. So that's the thing. After each kid, it went away, except after kid number four was born, I had it. I had it really bad while I was pregnant with her. And then after she was born, I was like, okay, it's going to go away. It has not gone away. And now I can't like the thought of getting on a boat and going on a boat ride makes me super nervous. And it kind of makes me want to puke because I know that that's what we have a kayaking race coming up. Or are you talking about like motorboats? No. Oh, my God. No, all boats. All of them. It's, Even small crafts? Uh-huh. It's very bad. Well, you're in trouble. Yep. I am. So Kids want to go on a kayaking adventure this summer, too. No, that's not going to happen. Photic sneeze reflex. All right. This is when bright sunlight causes you to break out in a round of sneezing. There's no, um, you know, normally it's because of pollen or dust or something in the air that tickles those nose hairs and makes or you want to sneeze. Or you have a booger. Okay, that would be something that <laughs> you got you got a bat in the cave or My whatever. My whiskey's really good. <laughs> <laughs> this is just sunlight causes it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jessica, <laughs> uh, I am likely no photic sneeze uh, reflex. I also am likely no photic sneeze reflex, except. If I have a sneeze on deck that's doing that thing where it just won't come out and you sit there with like half closed eyes and your face is fuzzy, that, you know that feeling, right? Yes. Okay. If I, if I look at a really bright light, the sun or a very light, bright lamp in our house or something like our kitchen table light, if I look directly at a bright light, it will make that sneeze pop out every single time. It's great. Great. Now I can go as gizmo going. Bright light, bright light. Honestly, like when I need to sneeze, if I look up at a bright light, I can actually cause the the urge to sneeze to go away. Oh, that's weird. That's not how that's supposed to work. Well, I'm sorry. Way to be weird. Thanks. You're welcome. Sweet versus salty. Uh, According to this, uh, I'm likely to prefer salty. And that's pretty much true. And that's like my guilty pleasure is salty treats. Like when the kids are eating um, potato chips or popcorn. And even when like... Kid one likes kettle corn and caramel corn, and I'm more likely, even when they get the Chicago mix, which is the cheesy popcorn with the caramel corn, I'll pick out the cheesy. That's gross. I like the I like the savory, uh, salty ones over the sweet. Mine says likely prefers sweet, and that is a gazillion times true. That's I will why the eat. mosquitoes love you. That's right. I will eat all of the sweet things. 
I will bypass pretty much everything if there is some sort of sugary something available. At work this past week, we had a, we had a, um, like a thanks for being awesome party <laughs> for our employees. What is that called? Employee Appreciation Thank Day? You. <laughs> yes. We had an employee appreciation party after work. And one of the... Did you tell them, thanks for being awesome? No, but I should have. <laughs> I think they got the point. Anyways, one, we all had to bring a side. And somebody brought these um, Rice Krispie treats that she made. But instead of just having marshmallows and Rice Krispie treats in them, she put... Um, Lucky Charms? No, she she have Lucky Charms. She put Fruit Loops in instead. And they, uh-uh, they were so good. And then on top of the Rice Krispie treat, it had white chocolate on there. It was sprinkles. Okay, the, the white chocolate's fine, but the, the so Fruit Loops kind of gross nope, me out. Nope, it was bit. great. I don't know why. I mean, it's part of the whole Rice Krispie family. I don't Krispie know why family. either, because Fruit Loops are awesome. Yeah. Nope, they are. It was so good. Yeah, I went for that. Um. Okay, last one. Wake up time. <laughs> oh, what's yours? It says likely to wake up around 8.05. It's very specific. <laughs> I would love to know how they came up with that exact time um, on my days off. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess. Your days off, you'd sleep till 10 if you that's could. That's not true. I'm We've usually actually up by 8 on my days off because usually I get up at like 5 or 5.30. I mean, the other day you were out the door at 5.30. I had stuff to do. And you were showered and done your hair and everything. So mine says likely to wake up around 742. I wish I could sleep in to 742. So while you still, with the alarms and everything, are getting up earlier than me, I'm still usually up before you're out of the house. (laughs) And on the weekend, I typically get up around the same time. This I do during the week. I don't. I sleep in on the weekend because I am tired. So I'm still up around somewhere between six. Seven thirty-two. No, six. What or, did it say on there? Mine says seven forty-two, and I'm 742. usually seven forty-two. I'm usually up sometime between six and six thirty. Hmm. So, uh, but I would love to sleep into seven forty-two. I mean, maybe I'm genetically predisposed to sleep that late, but I've got alarms on my watch and my phone and my wife just taking a shower and all that. How we got your result. Keep in mind that these results from 23andMe research are preliminary and are meant for informational purposes only. Okay, let's do physical features. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Cheek dimples. Uh, Hang on. These are in different order for me. Cheek dimples. I am 68% chance that I do not have cheek dimples. As far as I know, I don't have cheek dimples. You do not. I am 59% chance that I do not have cheek dimples. So one you probably don't have on your list uh, is bald spot. That was actually what led off my list. I don't have that. And mine says that there's a 92% chance that I do not have a bald spot. Um, Based on the photos you've been taking, especially when I'm by the pool in recent years, it's starting to show up as a bald spot. Oh, uh, it's getting thin up there. At some point, I'm probably just going to have to shave my head. Don't. All right. How about cleft chin? 88% chance I do not have a cleft chin. 90% chance that I do not have a cleft chin. And like you, I also do not have a chin or have a cleft chin. I do have a chin. (laughs) I'm happy you have a chin. It's not cleft. When I get very serious, it looks like a peach pit, just like yours. Yep. Okay. Dandruff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 64% chance you have never had dandruff. 
55% chance that I've never had dandruff. I don't think I've had dandruff. No, I'm pretty sure I haven't. Have you? I don't think so. Fun. <gasps> Earlobe tape. I've already talked about my lobes. How are your lobes? 80% chance that I have detached earlobes. Guess what? In reality, there's a 100% chance that I actually do not have <laughs> okay, detached or do not have attached earlobes. My, let's talk about our children. Mine are detached. Let's talk about our children's earlobes. Yes. Because this is one that we can like talk about. Okay. Because you have detached earlobes and I Well, it do definitely not. won't influence their employment later in life either when we talk about this. It's not like it's not like we're talking about health things or anything. No, it's an earlobe. It's, Nobody yeah. No one cares, cares about, about earlobes. Ear what if they're going to be an earlobe model? That's not even a thing. <laughs> um, anyway. No, all four of our kids have detached earlobes. And I'm a little bit bummed out about this. I'm not. They're I mine. Am. They're mine too. I know, but we know they're yours. Okay. <laughs> Solid point. <laughs> um, no, my dad has... I like my redneck version of Maury. Like, they're mine because they have detached earlobes. <laughs> No, that's like the nerdy version of Maury. <laughs> Their earlobes tell the truth. Um, my my dad has de- has attached earlobes, so I have my dad's earlobes. And I guess what our kids do not have your dad's earlobes. Kind of like why don't at least one of you would think one of them would have them. One in four, right? One in four. Not only that, separate from this, and running for my mom, um, there's this little elf point in the the spiral and the curvature of the ear like oh the point on one of the ears just the way the folds work in your ear there's a little point that forms and i have it and our kids have it too i don't have a point on my earlobes it doesn't point out it points as it the folds go in it points in yeah so according to my thingy here only 24 percent um of, of people with Results like mine have 20, have attached earlobes, so we're very rare. Aww. Very recessive. So you got attached earlobes, you've got blonde hair, you got blue eyes, you're just little Miss We're not to eyes okay. and hair. Early hair loss. Don't jump ahead. I don't have this on my list. Well, 74% chance that I will not experience hair loss or thinning before the age of 40. Well, when I'm over 40, I feel like it's increasing exponentially. Well, I was noticing hair loss before 40 in like my my bathroom sink. Uh, not overly noticeably yet, but I have a feeling that it'll be more noticeable in the the years to come. Earwax type. Oh, earwax Mine type. Mine says 93%. This one's so gross. It is gross, but it's fantastic. 93% chance you have wet, sticky earwax and 7% chance you have dry, flaky earwax. Well, really? Guess, yeah. Guess what? I am in the 7%. So my results are exactly the same as you. That's weird. 93% chance of wet, sticky earwax, 7% chance of dry, flaky earwax. But which one are you? Yeah, I think I'm in the wet, sticky earwax because it attaches to the Q-tip you are. pretty easily. That's the end. Gross. <laughs> Whatever. It attaches to the Q-tip pretty easily. Okay. Eye color is next. Um, mine, I'm, there's a lot of eye colors on There's here. a lot of eye colors And I'm on just going to tell you what the top percentage is for me, and then I'll tell you the answer. It says 52 percent chance of blue eyes and i have blue eyes shocking 60 percent chance of dark brown eyes and i have dark brown eyes shocking then i have then it drops to 16 percent chance for dark hazel then light brown light hazel green blue greenish blue blue being less than one percent and greenish blue being less than one percent hmm. yeah okay 
This is interesting. The finger length yes. ratio? Mine says 59. Well, wait, you got to explain it a little bit. Okay. It's finger length. There's nothing to explain. It's how long your fingers are. Ready? 59% chance your ring finger is longer than your index finger. And then a 41% chance your index finger is longer than your ring finger. Well, my index finger is longer than my ring finger. So mine says uh, 77% chance my ring finger is longer than my index finger. So basically, if you ignore the middle finger in between. Uh, and that's actually the case for me. What? My index finger is longer. I'm sorry. My ring finger is longer than my index finger. which no, it's not. My ring finger oh, is look. longer than my index finger. Oh, f- Mary the monster. <laughs> that matches my genetics. Look at you, you freak. No, you're the freak. <laughs> I match what the thing says. I don't. Okay. You're a monster. All right. Freckles. <laughs> 73% chance you have lots of freckles. Indeed, I do. 84% chance that I have few, if any, freckles. Yeah. I do get freckles in the summer. You do, but not a whole bunch. Not a whole bunch. So, Because I, I, I have 16% chance of having lots of freckles. That I don't have. Hair photo bleaching. 85% chance you experience hair photo bleaching. Yes, my hair definitely gets lighter in the summer. So this one's interesting. Uh, uh, 59% chance I do not experience hair photo, photo bleaching, which is for the most part true, but especially growing up, uh, I had red highlights, and especially my sideburns, and if I would ever grow a beard, it was very red until I've gotten to the older age where now where the gray and white have been popping in. Um, but... And we'd hit summer, and I'd have these red highlights pop out of my dark brown hair, which there's now less and less of, and now gray's showing up in there, too, and less red highlights popping out in the summer. Of course, I also wear baseball caps a lot more in the summer, so I don't burn my scalp. Getting old sucks. Can we go to another one? Uh Uh-huh. Hair texture. Okay. Mine says 44% chance of slightly wavy hair. That's the highest one I have, and that is accurate for me. I have 42% chance of slightly wavy hair. That is also accurate. Um, but also, I used to have curls when I was really little. Mm. And then it's like 39% straight hair. That's not me. 13% wavy, 4% big curls, 2% small curls, less than 1% very tight curls. So, it's, I mean, I think it's pretty pretty close, especially when my hair gets longer, it gets wavy. And part of the reason why I like to keep it short because it's easier to control it. Light or dark hair, um, 35% chance of dark blonde hair, and then it just goes down from That's there. That's your biggest one is 35%? Yeah. So you got a, a whole collection of just I do. It's 35% dark blonde, 33% light brown, 21% dark brown, 10% light blonde, and 1% black hair. And I definitely fall into the dark blonde hair, although I go see my good buddy and she makes it <laughs> nice and light for me. So, Shout out to Betsy. Yeah, Betsy's amazing. All right, I'm at 67% chance of dark brown hair. I have dark brown hair that's increasingly becoming gray. You're old. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny when you like find a gray chest hair, too. I Ew. really wish you'd stop yanking those out. Maybe don't put them in my face. They hurt. Okay. Anyway, um, the percentages go down from there. My favorite, though, down here is less than 1% chance of having light blonde hair. <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> Newborn hair. 
Um, mine says 66% chance you had little or no hair at birth. And then a 34% chance you had lots of hair at birth. I definitely had little to no hair. But what color was the hair? Pink, which is the next one. Okay. What did you have, though, for uh, the one hair? I was pretty close to you. A 67% chance of having little to no hair at birth. And I had, you know, a little bit of fuzz on top. <laughs> All right. So the next one is the red hair. And... Mine says 94% chance you do not have red hair and then a 6% chance that you have red hair. So I actually had red hair when I was a baby and then it turned blonde. And you just talked about how you have red highlights um, that really pop mine, out. Yeah, mine came out as 99% chance that I do not have red hair, which I do not have red hair, but a 1% chance of having red hair, which also means I'm carrying that red hair trait right which makes sense since we have a redhead we kid. have a bright red-headed kid it's pretty hilarious how about the next one miss uh sub-saharan african which is like what 0.3 percent or something stupid like little 0. like that nine percent oh still it's less than a one percent skin pigmentation there we go 39 percent chance of very fair skin and that is for sure me so this one's a little bit weird for me um as I sit over here with my tan summer farmer's tan. I'm not a farmer, but I did mow the lawn today. 39% chance of very fair skin. I don't think I have very fair skin. That's your highest one? Yeah. 32% of moderately fair. 25% of light beige. 3% of olive. I don't have olive. You don't have olive because you don't turn green when you tan. That's not how. Yeah, huh? I had a teacher in college. She taught kidlet, and she went. I think that to, means you're no, listen. seasick. No, she went to an island for spring break that year, and she came back, and she was like a greenish brown color. And I was like, "What happened to you?" And she goes, "I have olive skin. This is what it does." And I was like, "Oh my god, that's weird." So light beige probably is the best fit for me, um, but I'm at twenty five percent for that. I'm at one percent for light brown. That's me. I'm at one percent for that too. I'm at less than one percent for dark brown. I, me too. That that be hell. That's when I used to work and do road construction. And get a tan. No, no, I don't. <laughs> that's not what they're talking about. Referring to that. No. So I'm probably a twenty five percent, and the twenty five percent is really me. The light beige, maybe the moderately fair at thirty two percent. I would not refer to myself as very fair, which is my highest. That's funny. One of my sisters, I would definitely say, would be uh, very fair. Yep. Uh, let's skip stretch marks and toe length and go straight to unibrow. No, no, no. Toe length is, like, freaky. So what's two toe length? Fine. Um, 65% chance I have a longer big toe, and that is accurate. And I swear to God, if you tell me that you have a longer <laughs> second toe, I'm getting divorced. Mine, sa- mine says 63% chance that I have a longer big toe. And where's my foot? Oh, I do have a longer big toe. That's I don't, I don't barely. Spend, I don't spend a lot of time staring at my feet. What do you mean barely? My like my barely. little my little index toe doesn't even come up to look, like the look nail at my on pretty it. Pretty pink toes. My big toe is. Where is your big, foot? It's down here. I'll look at, oh, I gotta look under the table. Yes, my big toe is significantly bigger than my second toe. It's the it same difference as mine. No. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. No. They're almost the same. It just makes it easier to pick things over my feet. 
weird monster. For someone who likes to pick things up with her monkey toes, mine monkey are just toes more monkey are toes. are a treasure, and you're just jealous that you don't have them because you have to bend over to pick up pencils, and I don't. <sighs> Sorry I evolved. Unibrow! <laughs> Speaking of evolving... <laughs> Let's go to Austin Powers' Unibrow. favorite, uh, or no, sorry, it's Dr. Evil's favorite little henchman. Unibrow. <laughs> what do you got? 71% chance you do not have a unibrow. I am very happy to say I do not have one of those. 52% chance I do not have a unibrow. I do not have a unibrow. No, you have nice little eyebrows. Thank you. There. Those are Two of monstrous. them. Okay. <laughs> Widow's <laughs> Peak. <laughs> This is always a fun one in like middle school biology when you're just learning about recessive traits. Um, mine says 76% chance you do not have a widow's peak. I'm pretty sure I don't have one. I have blonde hair. It's hard to tell. Do I have one up there? You have maybe two hairs in my counter. So no. Peak. No, you don't. Okay. Sorry, I'm chewing on ice in my massive drink. Do you have a widow's peak? We're all waiting on you. 69% chance that I do not have a widow's peak in. Do I have one? Yeah, you're going bald. No, f- you. <laughs> no, you don't have one. Thanks. This has been fun. It's this been a fun. really we great... Got, we got another category to go through. <laughs> a really great marriage building activity. <laughs> I'm this one's a shorter. monster. So wellness. This, this is actually fits more. In, and keep in mind, we didn't hit everything, especially when we went through the uh, the health predisp- predisposition. We weren't going to list off all the different conditions that we're predisposed for or not predisposed for yeah. uh, over a podcast. We just hit some of the highlights. We we definitely went into the traits a little bit more because, hell, that's what we look it's like. Hilarious. We post enough pictures, you know what we look like. Uh, but wellness, this one, this was another one that was kind of helpful in setting up our program and what kind of, it wasn't like, well, I'm predisposed for this, so f- it, I'm screwed. Yeah. No, it's uh, okay. I'm predisposed for this. This is a hurdle. This is a challenge I'm going to have to overcome. Yep. So the first one on the list is caffeine <laughs> consumption. I am likely to consume more than average. Um, which is not correct for me. I will have like one cup of coffee a day on the weekend, maybe two, but that's it. I, I'm not big on caffeine. How, how are you looking over there? So for caffeine consumption, it says I am likely to consume more than the average person. And the only way I would say this is inaccurate is that it is grossly understating how much more I would like, not likely to consume more. It's likely to consume load buttload more than the average person i i consume a lot of caffeine i mean there is especially when i was doing intel work i was and even when i was i was doing that kind of work and doing uh proposal work for government contracts and then teaching my college students were like holy how are you not dead by the end of this three-hour lecture because they would come to office hours i'm drinking uh, lattes and Mountain Dews, and then I'd sit there with. They could read my Starbucks cup, which was a quad espresso, a latte with two extra shots of espresso in it, and two Mountain Dews, and that's what I had to get me through the three-hour lecture. And like he should have had a heart attack by now, but nope. I'm gonna drive home and go to bed. Okay. So yes, I uh, now I don't. I'm not as bad as that anymore, but 
Um, I still start off the morning with three coffees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Genetic weight. It's how heavy our genes are. How heavy? Yes. How <laughs> our heavy Levi's. is our DNA? Um, this mine says that I am predisposed to weigh less than average. Uh, this is not correct for me. Mine says I'm uh, predisposed to weigh more. It actually, if you click on it, it says I'm predisposed to weigh about three percent more than average. Uh, now that this is an interesting one because. Well, if you look at the family tree and you look at family members, um, and it's interesting depending, like, I I definitely carry more traits, and um, both my parents have had 23andMe done. So I can look at that. I've picked up more genes from my mom than my dad. On my mom's side, you look at that family tree, and there's, there's especially the ones that look like my mom and look like me, they're heavier. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that mean that's the end of the world and it's like, crap, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to be fat. Nope. No, it just means I got to work harder to overcome that. And for the past few years, uh, I've been doing a good job at that. And I did it when I was younger. It was just when I know that if I get lazy with it, God, I'm screwed. It's going to pack on fast. So I've got to constantly stay vigilant and work against it. Mm-hmm. How about the Alcohol flush No, how about reaction? the sleep movement one? No, no, I want to hear about the alcohol flush reaction. Okay, mine says that I am unlikely to flush with alcohol. That is wrong. See, mine says unlikely to flush with alcohol, and that is correct. Yeah, no, I turn very pink when I have some alcohol like I am right now. Yeah, and I'm not flushing right now, and I am having some alcohol. It says studies have found that people who flush are like less likely to drink alcohol because this reaction is so uncomfortable. Clearly, it doesn't bother you. There are other things I like about it, so I deal with it. How about deep sleep? No, let's talk about sleep movement first. All right, sleep movement is likely more than average movement, and I would say that that is correct. I don't know, though, because I'm asleep. <laughs> How You tell me. Good point. Um, <laughs> I, I, well, I'm, I'm a... That gets to another Do point. Do you get kicked? Yes, sometimes. <laughs> So abusive at night. Uh, sleep movement, I am uh, likely average or less movement on average. And that's things because I don't want to disturb you and get kicked or punched or whatever in your sleep. You used to be really bad about punching me in your sleep. Because you would snore. I don't like snore this. anymore. <laughs> that's what it sounded like. And you fall asleep within five minutes of hitting the pillow. And then you make this horrible sound forever. So, yes, I would punch you to make you roll over and go to, like, stop it. I don't do that crap anymore. You don't. Because you do. Because you've lost a significant amount of weight. Now Shut I, up. I just got to roll you over. I just take two hands and I gently reposition you. I'm like, you were, like, punching me. Like, why am I bruised in the morning? it takes me, like, an hour and a half to fall asleep. And it's an hour and a half of listening to... I don't make that noise anymore. angry. If you have to listen to that every single day <laughs> as you're trying to fall asleep, you can't do it. So, yes, you get punched. Okay. Related to the sleep movement is the deep sleep. Yes. According to mine, I am less likely to be a deep sleeper. And according to my Fitbit uh, data, that is correct. However, when I, it does, if you look at how the breakdown, when I go to sleep, 
boom, I'm finally out and I go deep. But then I come back up to light sleep later in the night. According to your wife who got up with the screaming, crying babies every time they squeaked. Yes, you are a deep sleeper. (laughs) Because if I can take a screaming baby and hold it right next to your head and you don't do anything, I would say you're a deep sleeper. Okay, we got to kind of separate, though. (laughs) Me in the past two years where I've lost a ton of weight. Me where I was like sleeping like two hours a night and I was morbidly obese. I'm talking about kid number four. You lost a bunch of weight when she was born. Not Yeah, but I've lost a lot more since she's born. Still... I snore a lot less now, too. Yes, yes, thanks. You sleep better now than deep I Deep sleep possibly. for me, less likely to be a deep sleeper. I for sure am not a deep sleeper. When um, I was wearing the Fitbit to sleep and tracking that data, um, I would have almost zero episodes of deep sleep. It's very bad. I assume it's because of having crying babies. Well, and it adds to stress level and everything else, too. Yeah. So we've talked about the spiral. We talked about that in the stress episode. Mm-hmm. Let's go to lactose intolerance. I mine says that I am likely tolerant of lactose. I don't fully believe this. Don't you have heavy cream every single day? Yes, I put it in my coffee so that I don't have to have coffee creamer because it's better. Um, however, I s- might spend a significant amount of time in the bathroom, but that could be because I don't have a gallbladder anymore. Complicating factors. Right. All those variables. Those confounds. Mine, so this is interesting because there was a while there where I, I actually thought that I was lactose intolerant. I was having a hard time anytime I was having dairy, so I stopped eating cheese. I cut down on anything dairy. Uh, it's interesting since switching over to the low carb diet, I don't have that problem with lactose. It wasn't lactose that was causing all the stomach aches. In fact, going to the low carb diet, I noticed uh, the stomach aches have gone away, the flatulence has gone away, a lot of those other problems. And so it really wasn't lactose that was causing it because I'm definitely still having lactose. Um, really, it was just the the amount of carbs I was eating before. Mm-hmm. Um, muscle composition. Yeah, this one's funny to me. What the hell is this? This fits into like fitness and everything. What does yours say? Mine says your genetic muscle composition is common in elite power athletes. Mine says that too. Does that mean that I'm like big? Well, it just means that you're predisposed that if you go and work out all the time and you do those kind of workouts, you can be you know up at that elite level. Do we work out that much? No. So if you sit around eating Cheetos every night, you're going to be a fat blob too. Okay. Um, if you click in it. and Which, That's not us. I'm just saying in if general. You, if you click into it, though, there's a couple of different types of athletes. So mine says. <laughs> Are they saying professional bowler? <laughs> no. Okay. That would be funny. <laughs> no. Mine says um, I'm most common for result for elite power athlete. So if you dive into it, though, it does say like it has to do with um, how your bodies can perform with protein, without protein. Uh, they do even put in there that genetics isn't everything. You've got to train. I mean, that just really is the starting point. But you got to train. You got to build up your muscles, build your body, build your, but also your conditioning, cardiovascular, everything. Train your mind. But it is fun to think that I'm up there with the elite power athletes. At least from a starting point. How about saturated fat and weight? 
Mine says your weight is likely to be similar on diets high or low in saturated fat with the same number of total calories. Ditto. Neat. But that's also very uh, interesting when you're trying to pick a diet that's right for you. Uh, look at things like this. And then it dies into like how much fat, what kind of fats, health, you know, and gets into sources of healthy fats like nuts, fish, olive oil. But that's all things to look at when you're trying to put together your your fitness and wellness uh, program. Mm -hmm. And from there, there gets into there's more on um, things like blood and biomarkers and everything we're not going to get into on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But this has been a kind of a fun dive into our genetic results. If you find it interesting, there's whether you want to go with uh, the same vendor we went with or something else. It's it's fun from in terms of ancestry. It's actually helpful if you're having kids in terms of what you're carrying that you could pass on to your kids. And in terms of your own health and what risk factors you have, that's important. What color your hair is. Look, look at a mirror if you want to save money. But um, in terms of what you know, factors you might be at risk for or what you're predetermined for and understanding and really identifying those hurdles that you're going to have to work harder to get overcome. Yeah, it's worth it. It's fun. These these things have really come down in price. They're honestly, if you get them on sale, you can get them about for a hundred bucks. I guess, uh, Jess, what are our big takeaways on all of this? Um, your genes set the stage, but your behavior determines what happens. Even if you have the muscle, the genetic mu uh, setup for muscle composition of elite athletes, if all you're doing is sitting around on the couch eating Cheetos, guess what? You're not going to the Olympics. Indeed, you're not. Unless you're, there's a new Olympic competition in Cheeto eating. Uh, I think the second point we want everyone to take away from this is uh, genealogy, all that genealogy stuff is helpful for filling in the blanks, especially if you're adopted. But even if you know who your biological parents are, it's still fun and interesting. Absolutely. You found out that you're royalty and a monster. No, that I share common ancestor like answer you with find out royalty. your royalty and a monster house suburban baby mm. let's drink to that although i'm over here with I'm rum anyway all done drinking i gotta finish and my then drink. after that the third point is health screening is helpful for identifying who is at a greater risk and may need more vigilant attention but not the end all be all well said sorry i was working on my um uh, Thai basil mojito. Good. Yes. Great. Grand. Wonderful. Made that movie. Yes. Well, this was fun. So much fun. This is almost as fun as when the results came in. We were like laying in bed and like going, what do you got? What do you got? Please say we're not related. <laughs> that would have been upsetting. No. Thankfully, we're not, not really related. So upsetting. Yes. But now you're Italian by marriage. And apparently Sardinian. Apparently. I am not Sardinian, by the way. See? Not really yeah. good. <laughs> Before we go, though. But are you Sicilian? No. Then you're probably not Italian, according to them, either. They're not Italian, according to them, either. They're Sardinian. Or, sorry, they're Sicilian. They're they're off on their own island. Okay. Oh. All right. We announced this last case. week. Uh, we're wrapping up the Red Arrow Challenge. This past week was the last week to put anything in. When this episode posts on Monday, July 5th, that'll be the last day to enter your last week of entries. And 
episode 70, we'll have our last set of Red Arrow Challenge champions. The Red Arrow Challenge is our weekly virtual multi-sport competition we've been doing for a little over a year, about a year and a half. Well, not quite a year and a half. Uh, and we give a shout out to the champions in each category. And so for the most recent week, June 21st through June 27th, the second to last week that you could do anything, the champions were swimming, 20 to 29, Gator Boy, 40 to 49, Jesse's Girl, 60 to 69, Kilogram Mill, running. Nine and under, Easy E, 10 to 19, Lucky Dude, 20 to 29, Gator Boy, 30 to 39, The Logan, 40 to 49, Coach T, 50 to 59, G Smith, 60 to 69, Pac Mac. Featured members, me. Walking. Nine and under, Easy E, 10 to 19, Soleil, 20 to 29, H Caner, 305, 30 to 39, Wildcat, 40 to 49, Coach T, 50 to 59, Teddy, 68, 60 to 69, Kilogram Mill, feature members, me. Biking on road. Nine and under, Yellow Ninja, 10 to 19, Soleil, 20 to 29, H Caner, 305, 30 to 39, Cyclopath, 40 to 49, Coach T, 50 to 59, A.R. Miller, 60 to 69, Kilogram Mill, feature members, me. Biking off road. 20 to 29, Husky Mike, 30 to 39, Dirt Devil, 40 to 49, Cyclone. Sit down paddling. 50 to 59, A.R. Miller. Stand up paddling. 20 to 29, Gator Boy, 30 to 39, Me West, 40 to 49, nobody. 50 to 59, Mary Mary, 60 to 69, Sunny D. Cross country skiing. 40 to 49, El Tiburon, 95. And that's it. <laughs> Skating. 20 to 29, Lexi, 30 to 39, SB Tom, 40 to 49, Coach T, 50 to 59, Herb, 60 to 69, MRH, 313, featured members, me. Hockey. 10 to 19, Soleil, 20 to 29, Sid, 40, 30 to 39, Wildcat, 40 to 49, Coach T, 50 to 59, Herb, 60 to 69, MRH, 313, featured members, me. Points. Nine and under, Easy E, 10 to 19, Soleil, 20 to 29, Gator Boy, 30 to 39, The Logan, 40 to 49, Coach T, 50 to 59, A.R. Miller, 60 to 69, Kilogram Mill, feature members, me. So we're almost done with this. Last one, when this posts on Monday, July 5th, this is pretty much your warning. Get them in ASAP. We'll put the on episode 70. We'll have the last round of champions on this. In terms of other virtual races, hey, hit us up through either our email or our Instagram account, Red Arrow HW. Uh, if you want more virtual races, we've done other ones in the past, other virtual competitions. We'll do them. Uh, but hit us up and give us requests because... You know, we don't want to just put them out there if no one's interested. No, that's not Otherwise, fun. we'll just keep doing a podcast, too. Yep. But for yep, now, yep. you're like falling asleep on us, I'm Jessica. very tired. It's been a very long day. <laughs> it has. So uh, let's go. With, I got to finish this drink, and then we'll get some sleep. And for now, this has been another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. We drop episodes every week on Monday. Go back, check them out. This was episode 69. We got 68 others to check out. Until next time, Jessica, 
It's been fun. Loads of fun. Bye. Bye.